0: Hey everyone, um, do you have life insurance? If not, it's probably something you should be thinking about because um, it's a really important topic and something people often overlook. But you know, one of the things I found when I went in to get life insurance is I started looking at all the stuff that was covered and how much I was getting charged for life insurance. And it made me start to wonder whether the amount I was paying for my life insurance was subsidising unhealthy lifestyles of the average person around me. And now there's this really cool insurance broker in America called Health IQ but if you're one of our American listeners, I definitely reckon you should check out. So Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people, like listeners for That Paleo Show. That includes runners, cyclists, strength trainers, and more. With the majority of Health IQ customers saving between 4 and 33% on their life insurance, which is amazing. So if you're an American listener, see if you qualify and get your free quote today at healthiq.com forward paleo. Or mention the promo code Paleo when you talk to a Health IQ agent. TheWellnessCouch.com Streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off because it's time for That Paleo Show. With your favourite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill, and this week I'm joined by Tony and Felicity Richardson. Three years ago, Tony was diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease, which led him to begin looking into making changes to his diet and lifestyle in particular, including the benefits of bone broth, which became an integral part of his recovery and now in his life. He's a trained chef who'd been doing it for over 25 years, so he'd been used to making broths, but just hadn't been used to using them for medical purposes. Um, His wife has a biomedical science background and a very holistic approach to life and to health. And so when they came together, they come up with some great solutions for Tony's health, got him back on track, but also decided they wanted to share these benefits with others. And Tone made their brand of organic dehydrated broths was born so welcome to the show tony and felicity
1: hi thank you
0: thanks guys thanks for coming on it's a pleasure to have you on board tony let's start with you and find out a little bit more about your story 25 years as a chef you know i understand that's a pretty high stress environment um what was your life and your health like prior to this diagnosis with hashimoto's disease
2: well, I guess, you know, I, I thought it was pretty normal for me because I'd done it for so long. But um, I guess, obviously, um, looking at, um, you know, stress management and stuff like that, just being under, you know, that uh, constant pressure and working long hours. Um, and, you know, what goes with hospitality is, um, you know, uh, long hours and sort of, um, you know, eating at different times, you know, le- eating at sort of 11, 12 o'clock at night, um, you know, after you finish your shift and, and, and drinking to, to go with it. Um, yeah, so I guess for me it was um, you know looking at uh, the way I was living back then, and then um, looking at getting back on track after I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's. So um, looking at my gut health was was certainly a, a priority, um, and uh, looking at. Uh, Yeah, my diet, I guess that was, um, you know, and and minimizing stress. Um, So
0: Tony, what sort of symptoms were you getting leading up to the diagnosis? Like what made you think, hey, maybe there's something going wrong?
2: Well, I didn't really think there was um, too much <laughs> um, leading up until until I got um, hashies. but um, I it's guess... It's with hindsight, isn't it? Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I sort of look at um, my, my skin. I guess I had um, a little bit of psoriasis a few years before that. Um, so I guess, you know, if I'd looked at that in a in a way of, um, you know, the immune system and stuff like that, Um, maybe I might have, um, you know, thought, oh, there's something not quite right about that. Um, Maybe I should get it looked at uh, but kind of avoided it, I guess. Um, Too busy, too much work to do. Yeah. yeah.
1: The other thing, interestingly, like we look back at photos of Tony from before he was diagnosed and you wouldn't have thought, at the time that he looked unwell, but when you compare how he looks now, like he's holding 20 kilos more than he is now, and you wouldn't have even thought he was carrying, you know, at the time you didn't think, oh, gee, Tony, you're carrying a mm-hmm. bit too much weight, but even the colour of his skin, his mm. eyes, um, his eyes were ye- were yellow, um, def- definitely, so there was liver stuff going on, um, sure. you know, lot- lots of things, but it's that whole when you're not fully present when you're so externally driven by this job or this, you know, career, um, you know, there's also that the thing about hospitality is I always talk about that fight and flight response um, with um, service time because it's like as a chef, it literally is as though you're being chased by a tiger for like three hours because you're in that adrenal response. So doing that every day for years and years and years, Mm -hmm. like, it's gonna have some kind of effect, that's surely. Right.
0: And, and, it, and you're doing it for eighty hours a week, is that not right? Ten, yeah, yeah, that's
1: yeah. it.
2: You know, which most, is pretty and, normal
1: for a chef. Yeah,
2: actually. most yeah most restaurant chefs are working that sort of mm. that sort of
0: hours, I guess. You know,
2: um, yeah. Mm. So, Crazy.
0: you know, um, it's, and, it's and so let's let's talk awful. about the diagnosis. Did you get diagnosed before you got more severe symptoms, or was it the more severe symptoms that led you to the diagnosis?
2: Well, it, it kind of, for me, it was just like it turned on like a tap. It just sort of, um, it, you know, one day I was functioning, or I thought I was, and then the next day I woke up and, and went, wow, I can't, yeah, I'm really unbalanced, um, that kind of um, brain fog, so really um, struggling to think about, you know, um, what's what's my phone number even, you know, really basic yeah, things. Yeah, memory loss. Yeah. And- um, so yeah, that was that was pretty scary at the start there, and then just the, the that sort of um, like chronic fatigue where I just had no energy, like I couldn't lift my arms above my head, and um, you know, and I, I'm a bit of a goer, so you know, if, when when, sort of, when you get um, thrown a bit of a curveball, you, you, you go well, all right, let's. Uh, Look at what's going on here. um,
1: He got diagnosed within two weeks, though, um, of of that. But it was so sudden. Um, It's almost, obviously, it was happening, this autoimmune response has been Mm -hmm. happening in the background, um, who knows, for how long. Um, But perhaps, I mean, maybe there was a a virus that's just kicked that um, thyroid's just... No, no longer. His, I mean, his TSH was 62.5, so the thyroid was just not, not, functioning. not functioning at no. all, the level of and, inflammation. Yeah.
0: So who were you diagnosed by and what sort of solutions did they give you? <laughs> uh, well, the, the,
2: the G- GP G- 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 diagnosis. G- yeah, GP diagnosis, diagnosis after a you know, series of blood tests and stuff like that, and I guess their, right. their range – Um. their their range of what's you know what's functioning and what's not um you know can be fairly broad um but i guess you know that's when you know obviously with um with Hashimoto's um they they want to put you on thyroxine to sort of get your um you know your your thyroid to you know um well for it to basically um you know for your body to function Mm -hmm. um so yeah i guess um initially we did did, yeah
1: then i did see an endocrinologist we did the very mainstream, you know the the western approach you know you check out all those things you have at ultrasound you see an endocrinologist and look that that the the answer there is take thyroxine goodbye (laughs) (laughs) like there's no there was no support there was i tried to ask questions about supplementation and dietary changes and there was no advice and then and we were always going to then continue to look at alternative approaches um yeah. when you know taking a drug and accepting that a part, an organ in your body is defunct um without investigation, I think, of um, we, we, other alternatives is just not how we roll. Really. So, that, so that
2: was sort of, that was the beginning of it all. Um, and then, you know, obviously there's a lot of layers since then, you know, seeing Carl um, Montgomery, um, he's a kinesiologist, um, also a nutritionist, uh, and um, a sports physiologist as well. So he certainly... Um, yeah he certainly you know got us on track or got got myself back on track um, to a certain point um, using you know sad um, food is
1: medicine, food. medicine. Yeah. yeah
2: and the yeah, the paleo way as well um, high fat also um, so i sort of incorporated that fairly quickly um, into into my um, my diet and and um, and then obviously with the bone broth and that's where Carl probably encouraged me to sort of to get the bone broth off the ground as well. Okay, as a business. As a yeah. business. Um, I mean, obviously, to begin with, it was just consuming it, um, you know, regularly, um, two to three times a day. Um, and, you know, it certainly got things happening pretty quick, which um, I thought was, for me, it was, it was fantastic. But then I got to a certain point where I needed I think I needed more. I wanted to get from eighty percent to a hundred percent, and um, then started seeing um, an endocrine practitioner, uh, Iggy Suze, in Melbourne, and um, he's sort of a bit of an autoimmune guru, I believe. Um, and then that's where I got more ex- ins- um, extensive sort of testing done on the microbiome and um, things like that. So yeah, it was a um, it was a pretty it's a, it's a fairly um interesting process too. I um. I sort of once I started getting the test done, I actually thought, "Wow, this is this is amazing." I'm, I'm learning this all the time about my my body, which I never would have even dreamt of um, previously. Um, you know, it's becoming
1: um, aware of all those facets too. I think, turns awareness of how his body feels and mm. what things, what food or what situations. Like even sometimes returning now to uh, a chefing situation, yeah. that habitual adrenal response kicks in regardless of what's going on. So it's it's because he did it for so long, and that it's just like almost being in that environment goes okay. Well, I need to be physiologically my body's gonna do this for me mm-hmm. um, it's really that being becoming more aware and learning more about your body and how it does respond
0: <clears throat> so Felicity let's talk about your how that you came to this sort of approach as well because obviously it's interesting for you with your background in biomedical sciences which is obviously a very yeah, medical paradigm, and we're now talking about, I guess, going a little bit outside of the medical and into maybe a, a bit of more of a holistic and alternative paradigm. Um, how did you come to that way of thinking, and how did you find it as you're going through these changes with Tony? I
1: um, originally wanted to study medicine when I was younger, <laughs> excuse me, correct, you for it, um, and look i missed out initially i had uh lost my father around the same time so i did buy medical science as a secondary sort of option i was always interested in human physiology how it works i wanted to know more about the body so i guess but uh, on the flip side of that, I grew up in a um, with a mum who's very much into naturopathy and holistic approaches to health. You know, we saw chiropractors when we were babies all the way through our childhoods. You know, mum had a f- understanding of, of vitamin supplementation. She talked about gut health even back then. Um, So, yeah, there was always an openness. So I guess holistic approaches just make sense to me and I sort of see my science degree as more of of just having an understanding of how the body, how science knows the body to work physiologically and therefore you can then know what questions to ask or know or be able to read up on certain things with more of a... lateral understanding, I suppose. So, yeah, it might um, – it's just sort of pre- – the science has provided me with the basis of of, of knowledge to then make my own decisions mm-hmm. based on what other other things I can and read and what makes sense. Like it, it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. to me to take a drug that band-aids a symptom without investigating where why you have that symptom and perhaps make something. Like the fact that you – it's interesting to me that that people find it weird that we should be thinking about what we put into <laughs> our bodies as food and and some of the things that are in the supermarkets and on the shelves you know the percentage of actual food in them is 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 quite scary because it's pretty low but why is that so strange but we'll pop a pill for whatever you know whatever it is that we want yeah. to fix you know so it's look I'm, yeah i guess it's just about for me it's about it makes sense to be to look at the our lives and ourselves holistically because we are never. when I was in at studying at Monash, I never um, just, you know you've got the you had the physiology department and the biology department, and the psychology department and the biochemistry and the pharmacology, no one ever talked to each other.
0: Did you know that physically active people have a fifty six percent lower risk of heart disease, twenty percent lower risk of cancer? and 58% lower risk of diabetes. Well, you probably did, because you're one of my smart listeners on That Paleo Show. But that's compared to people who are inactive. Don't you think it makes sense then that if you're physically active, you should pay less for your life insurance? Health IQ thinks so. Like saving money on your car insurance for being a good driver, Health IQ saves you money on your life insurance for living a health-conscious life. So if you're in the United States, see if you qualify and get your free quote today at healthiq.com forward slash paleo. Or mention the promo code Palio when you talk to a Health IQ agent. And, and I think so often in that medical paradigm, we spend so much of our time looking at pathology and yeah. very little of our time looking at physiology, like how it works when it's supposed to work right, you know, how what the, what the normal is. And we're so busy yeah. looking at the pathology yeah. and what yeah. happens when it goes wrong and trying to fix that rather than focusing on what happens when it goes right and how to create that.
1: Exactly. No, that's so true. And I think you know, look, I, I mean, the research-based evidence, you know, placebo-controlled trials, all of that stuff is really great. But I also, I think that anecdotal evidence. Um, is wonderful because it actually provides you with a a snapshot of that you know so i worked as a pharmaceutical copywriter for a while and you know i was writing headlines based on five studies about a certain drug because it did this and then i personally knew my grandmother was taking this drug for alzheimer's and it was it had some terrible um side effects you know um so just like I don't know science science doesn't have all the answers and I think we have in our society have stopped listening to ourselves intuitively and 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 trusting in that intuition about what you know the right thing that what is what is right for us um as humans so yeah um yeah,
0: but I and it, I couldn't agree with you more I think you know when When it comes to the sciences, they are really important and we can learn a lot from them, but if we're trying to just look at just the cold hard facts without having a basic understanding of, you know, a basic philosophy and a basic understanding of physiology, then it can point us in all sorts of different directions that don't necessarily make a whole lot of sense. You know, I think having that philosophical understanding allows you to make, to ask the right questions so that you can figure out what's going to work for you and sometimes regardless of whether science is quite caught up yet or not. you know. I'm yeah. doing at the moment uh, a trial of cold showers because I started researching into you know cold showers and cold thermogenesis and, and really, to be honest, when I started looking into the research behind it, there, there's not a heap and and it's a bit varied and it's a bit all over the place but when you look at the anecdotal evidence of the results people are getting, they're, they're quite unequivocal. People are doing it and getting really good results and so my one thing I had to get in order for me to be able to take it on board and decide to do this 30-day challenge was I needed to understand a, a physiologically plausible way in which these results might be achieved, you know, because then it was I was able to say, okay, you know, it's physiologically plausible, it's possible, so let's now test it out and see what happens for me. and And I think that's kind of the approach you guys are talking about as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and you know, I think. Um... You know, we're all individual. We all, I mean, we all have our individual DNA. We all have our individual microbiome. And, it, I mean, obviously certain things, um, certain differences can, can kind of be seen um, to have different effects. But what works for me doesn't necessarily work for everybody. So I, I like to think about paleo as that kind of like it's just simple, real food, like eat veggies, eat a bit of protein, Eat some good fats, all in moderation. And what? And, and and does it feel good for you? Like what works for you? You know, does it feel be- like? I don't know if anyone could say, yeah, I ate a big bucket of Maltesers and I felt
0: awesome. <laughs> yeah, maybe while they were eating it, but not after. <laughs> I always have this conversation with like kids where I'm like, you know, sometimes you feel good whilst you're eating it. But it's how you feel after that's really (laughs) important and it's probably a good example I reckon. Hey, so you know, whenever you make lifestyle changes like this, I've spoken to lots of couples on the show and generally when it comes to these changes, there's one in the couple who's kind of the driver of the changes and there's one in the couple that's kind of the follower in the changes and I'm always fascinated in this dynamic and I know that the listeners are always fascinated in this dynamic because often they're leading the way and they're trying to drag someone else along with them. So, who was the driver with you guys? felicity <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, uh, we both know. But early on but I, well, I wasn't I wasn't really functioning and you know she she just wanted to see her husband you know get back yeah. on board and 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 be be around you know because uh, if I went down you know just the the path of kind of just keep pushing on and take my medication and, and go back into you know jump back into the fire kind of thing well um, you know go back into the kitchen it would have been you Know it could have been a different story, so you know, I think she was certainly there. I know. sort of
1: enforced him, I said, You need to
2: just take six months <laughs> off, basically. Yeah, and I was what just like, No, what do you mean? Six months, we can't do that. i like, that. Yes, you
1: can, we're doing this, and you know, yeah. so I think look, I lost as I, I lost my dad quite young, and I lost my brother, so I have this um philosophy around life that you know, like. It works out. Like, so what if you can't work for if you can't work for six months? It's better off doing that than like working for another two years and then not being here, you know. Or yeah. what? Like, you know, yeah. like you just gotta. You really have to give your health um, the be- best opportunity um, when you need to. And I think um, sometimes we 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 in society we can be a bit like, oh, I can't possibly do that. Or what's gonna happen if that happens. Like there's always some way you can you can
2: work. And back to basics, you know, just really just look at, you know, what do we need to function, you know, really at the end of the day. And that was you you know, that was dietary. That was the the main thing that was on the agenda. Um, to begin with, I'd say, um, I
1: mean, I, I guess I sort of worked out who will get my winner, yeah. service
2: practitioner, and do this, and this is what's happening. Yeah. And certainly bone broth. I mean, that's that I was really that first year, I was really getting into it, you know, two to three cups a day. Um, and then I guess really when we were making the liquid in small little 20 litre pots at home, we, um, you know, we, we kept running out, you know, and then that was what sort of spurred us on to making it a dehydrated product, I guess, because it's a convenient product. Um, you have it next to your kettle, you boil the water, um, you can take it on holidays, it go camping, all you need is boiling water um, and all been tested by the labs in Melbourne, the NMI, which is, you know, for its mineral content. Um, so, you know, I guess that's what spurred us on, I mm-hmm. guess, to, um,
1: to and create And product. And even though, though I probably, and the driver, Tone's really open as well, so I, I wouldn't even... That start. was my
0: next question, Felicity. How how was he as the follower, and what was his biggest challenge?
1: He, he certainly, I didn't need to drag him. <laughs> it's
0: not, it's not Too he, much? Yeah, yep. too
1: much. Like, <laughs> you know, but, but I think um, probably beer is what, and, and, bread, and bread and pasta, yeah. because we, you know, Tone, we used to make our own sourdoughs, um and pasta fresh pasta in their restaurant and um handmade, everything um if tony doesn't miss sweets so much i miss i miss sweets a little <laughs> bit <laughs> or
2: just took a while took a couple of years for my palate to shift out of the need i think but um and there's, and there's so many alternatives out there these days, um, you know, for for sweeteners and things like that. So I mean, for me, just I don't know, got, I, don't, I don't miss soft cheese. Yes. The, the soft, soft, soft cheese, cheese thing. That I mean, I'm a cheese lover, um, and have always been. Uh, but when I did wean off the cheese mm. for a month in the dairy, um, and then started introducing. You know, the hard cheeses, sure, they were fine, um, but went out to catch up with some friends at one stage and had a glass of wine and there was some soft washed brine cheese there. And uh, I was just like, yes, I'm going to have some of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I can feel your eyes lighting up oh, even just through oh, the microphone. Oh,
2: absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, a bit of a stinky cheese fan, you know. And uh, I had a bit and straight away I was like, instant, it was uh, instant. like, oh, I'm not feeling good it at all. Yeah. yeah it was... Not, not and that problem.
1: I think that pro like even though it wasn't good that he felt things, yeah. but it was also good that to listen to those things you know yeah. and you go okay I don't want to you know like my body doesn't like this it's yeah. not good for me it doesn't work for me so mm-hmm. uh, and I think having that um and it's interesting for me when we first um I sort of went along with the gluten-free thing I didn't really think i had an issue with gluten initially but then interestingly we came off and I I then had something and I was like I think I had a bowl of pasta and I was like oh this is horrible like I was bloated and heavy and and I thought I just actually I used to think that that's how you just felt after you had a bowl of pasta (laughs) like as opposed to this you don't have to feel like you shouldn't feel like this after you eat something
0: you know this is not and you, know, you talk about science and about evidence and really sometimes that's the best evidence you can have. You know, I, I think sometimes you know, when you're feeling good, that's not necessarily always the best evidence because you don't always feel bad when you're getting sick. Your body can be functioning poorly and you're not necessarily feeling it. Uh, but I think when you have something and it makes you feel bad… That's generally a good sign to be able to sort of look at it and say, hey, maybe this isn't working for me. And, you know, that that science can only tell you how good it's going to be for the average person, but that personal experience is what tells you whether it's right for you.
1: And interesting about even testing the science of this recently a friend of another person uh, we know uh, was diagnosed with Hashimoto as a female. And so her, just to highlight how sometimes science doesn't show you what's happening to the person, um... Her TSH was 80. Now, she was still functioning. She didn't really think that she anything was really wrong. She had two small kids, so she was kind of like, I don't, you know, like I don't feel great, but she was functioning. And Tony's was 62.5 and he was on the couch yeah. with chronic fatigue symptoms. So there's an individual, you know, where does science say, well, you've got, That's hash. That's an autoimmune, or that's Hashimoto's, or that's hypothyroidism, or what? What is that level? You know, what? How it manifests in individuals can be so variable. Um, I think that's my point.
0: Absolutely. So let's talk a bit about the uh, the creation of Tone Made because uh, I think that's kind of a cool story to talk about. Obviously, you've spoken to some of these practitioners. They'd suggested that this broth was a good idea. It had been working for you. I understand maybe they wanted to have some for some of their other practice members as well. So, yeah, what made you decide that this was something that could turn into a company?
2: Well, I guess... Um,
1: We've talked about... We which, had talked yeah. about having... Doing a business with products prior
2: to even Tony being sick. Yeah. Um, but I think it was Carl's... Still, like, still, you know, still keeping my passion for hospitality and kind of... Um, and food and things like that. So... It was about um, trying to trying to source some balance, I suppose, as well. Like when you look at um, you know lifestyle and and stuff like that. So um, for me, I think you know not being under that adrenal. Um, adrenal fatigue, sort of all the time um, in the in the restaurant game. Um, you know, not was, having to be there for sixteen yeah. hours every day. And yeah, yeah. there's there's certainly a lot more um, balance there. You know, um, so I think that was something that I was certainly um, looking for. Um, and then you know, my kinesiologist, he was he was just like, yeah, I think you know what you're doing. Just just do it, you know, and just try it. And then that's when we sort of thought, well, okay, if it's helping me and it's helping um, his clients as well, um, you know. You <laughs> when know, we first started,
1: we, like, we, we used to print labels from home off the home computer and it was like <laughs> the only person that like really <laughs> we had just it. had and, some samples. And, and, and
0: made we, it all at home All at as well. home first.
1: We called it the broth house because it's.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and then, you know, oh, and then time went on. It's better than the brothel, which was the, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the cafe that used to do it. Yeah. Exactly. Sadly, yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: yeah.
0: But,
2: way. you know, I guess, um, yeah, as time went on, that's when we got the testing done and then we started, you know, thinking about labels and and then built a Branding. commercial commercial kitchen, which was, um you know, pretty exciting um, to have my hand in and in building you know most of that as well um, and then and then building the brand obviously um, and, and looking at um, further development with other products as well but so um, let's talk about the
0: product uh, you know obviously you've created an organic product which is awesome we can talk about why that's important but also what was the recipe you used to get the broth and, and also why dehydrated
2: yeah i guess um well looking at
0: uh the, the first thing was basically
2: looking at the best quality ingredients we can get. Um, so, you know, using um, Cherry Tree Organics, which is uh, located down here in um, South Gippsland uh, in Tamaloa. Um, so we started out doing a beef broth um, for about 12 months before we started chicken broth. Um, so, yeah, just, you know, ingredients has always been a, um, a big thing for me, um, even in the restaurant game, always sourcing the best Quality organic products, or um, you know, or going to the farm or growing it myself. Um, so that's always been a really big thing for me. Um, but I guess with um, yeah, with with the the product itself was was to, to create a um, a convenient product that um, especially with the practitioners because they actually find if if the practitioner says you need to drink some bone broth. They would go away from that that console, and they would with a recipe. With a recipe, yeah, and they would probably, you know, fifty percent of them maybe they might make it. Um, so I guess this gives gives them an opportunity to take away a product um, that they can have instantly. They go home, boil the kettle, and they can have it. And there's a, I guess, so it proves that kind tr- of
1: compliance. Yeah, for you, you're able to to keep that healing process happening whereas because it because some too, when someone's not well um you know, the thing about it, it's it's quite easy to make broth, but it's also really time-consuming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sourcing really good, good ingredients plus, you know, we, we simmer our beef broth for 48 hours now. A lot of people feel a bit anxious about having um, a pot on the stove for that period of time. Um, some people aren't allowed to if they live in apartment blocks because of the smell. Um, you know, there's there's different things. I mean, not many people are at home. I mean, if you work from home, that makes it easy. But a lot of people are time poor, um, you know. So if you're sick, as or you're trying to deal with a health issue, it, this just simplifies that. So it is about simplifying things for, for for other people because we we try to keep our life simple, you know. Like this part of this healing process has been about simplifying. Like doesn't like we eat really simply. Tony is a beautiful chef and can do all sorts of fantastic, funky things, but. We basically eat, you know, lots of veggies, nice. a good lots amount of, of protein of and yep. good fats like yep. that, and, and we do have a little bit of sourdough now and then, um, yep. you know, it doesn't have to be constant so, so our broths are simple, but I think uh, the Tony has this flavor thing that he – can do. <laughs> a he makes the same thing that I make except that it tastes always way better when he cuz he's just he loves he loves it, you know, and you can you could taste that in his food at our restaurant. Um, mm. and he, we wanted to create a broth that could be drunk as as a beverage, like that has a flavor profile for that purpose Mm -hmm. Um, because that's how you get the true, you know, you can add it to your food and you can do all these other things, your smoothies, your crumbing mix, you know, cook your rice in it, whatever, but having that cup, it means you're getting that dosage and your gut is benefiting from from that full dosage. Um, So that was really the idea. So you made your... Recipe. My recipe, yeah. yeah.
2: And then, you know, that? obviously wanted to, you know, get the, the labs to have a look at it and look at the nutritional profile. Um, and, you know, um, after, you know, a couple of um, a couple of times of, you know, going back and forward and, and looking at um, what I can improve on and things like that, um, we came up with a pretty impressive profile. Um, you know, I mean, when you look at, um, you know, 100-gram jar, there's 75 grams of protein. Um, which, you know, ma- makes up the uh, amino acid profile, um, which is yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive for a dehydrated broth. Um, yeah, so I guess um, and, for me… And tell
0: us about the dehydrated. Like, what is the nutrient profile like of a fresh broth compared to a dehydrated broth? What are the differences?
2: I guess um, it's like when I I started off doing the liquid broth, and you know there was uh, obviously there's uh, well there's quite a bit more fat uh, in the liquid broth. Um, With the dehydration process, we skim you know most of that fat off the top um, because otherwise it doesn't tend to dehydrate um, as well, and then has that that risk of uh, rancidity
0: in the jars, and it
2: it it becomes yeah because the the moisture of the fat.
0: Um, Is your suggestion to people when they prepare it then that they put back in some fat? Like, should you put in maybe a tablespoon of coconut oil or something when you do your breath?
1: We do it. We can do we MCT. do MCT or you can do. Uh, we've got this beautiful cultured butter that's made locally. You can put a dump of butter in it or or coconut oil. We do we, mm. we do a bit of everything. But it's – yeah, I mean it's, it's it doesn't need it, but it's so delicious
0: too. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like the sound of that. That sounds good. Hey, yeah. Guys, we're mm-hmm. out of time, um, so yeah. if anything else, I know you're about to say something, so I don't want to cut you off before you say <laughs> something really that's
2: important. Sick. There's so many other uses, you know, we yeah. can, you can chuck it in smoothies and, um, you know, spice mixes, um, make really nice dressings with it as well, we're just diluting it with less liquid, um, you know, it's... And hiding it in the smoothies for kids, that's always... a. Bit it's lovely. always fantastic. Yeah. fantastic. Um, I'm give that one a go, that sounds like a good yeah. idea. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a lot of other uses for it, um, you know, uh, in regards to, um, yeah, uses. So there you go.
0: Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Um, Obviously, people are going to want to find out where they can get hold of your broths. um, So they should check out your website, which is tonemade.com.au. That's T-O-N-E. They'll find you on Facebook at Tonemade. Instagram, tone underscore made. Um, and obviously, you've got a range there of the organic dehydrated broths. So, thank you so much for coming on board, guys.
1: Thanks for having thank us. Yeah. No
0: worries. And for everyone else, until next week, join the conversation on Facebook, give us a five star rating on iTunes, join our newsletter list at thatpaleo.show.com, and let's help grow the Paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on that Paleo show. Health IQ are not just an insurer, they're a life insurance agency. They take the customer through the journey from when they submit their interest to starting an application, going through the underwriting, and to enforcing the policy as well. The policy is underwritten by one of their top partners who is an insurer. So if you're in the US, see if you qualify and get your free quote today at healthiq.com forward slash paleo, or mention the code Palio when you talk to your Health IQ agent.